Well, hello everybody. This is Mike and you're listening to Driving Theology. It is a Wednesday afternoon. This is my last day of non-morning classes at the kindergarten, so I'm heading back there now. I uh, just got done working out, so interesting story. My middle daughter, Erica, uh, who is home uh, doing online classes this semester, uh, has gotten a job at the local Anytime Fitness uh, fitness center, and so she's working there part-time. I, I've had a membership there for a couple months, but really haven't been there much since especially since COVID happened. And uh, anyway, I just went back today for the first time in about a month and I uh, went ahead and signed up my high school daughter. So she's there working out now. Anyway, I just left, had my first workout in a while. Probably still a little bit winded. Uh, But it was a pretty good workout, I suppose. I think I'm going to be taking a route that I don't usually take today. Uh, I'm going to take the highway, which is pretty rare for me. But why not, eh? Take the highway, get there a little different. I'm leaving from a different place, which is why I'm taking a different route. I usually take the back roads because where my house is situated, that's usually the fastest way, but it looks like it's going to take me on the highway here for a few minutes, so we may pick up a little bit of extra noise, but I can't go too fast. I have a big kayak on the top of my car. I'll have to keep it at a reasonable pace, but anywho, uh, yeah, that's what's going on with me. Uh, yeah, I did a uh, interval workout, which is a... Uh, those of you, some of you may know what it is, but it's where you do a, a intense set and a relaxed set, uh, and you repeat that uh, numerous times. I did a set of eight where you do a super intense 30-second uh, sprint on a bike, and then you do a 90-second uh, just easy ride, and then you repeat that eight times, and you have a warm-up and a cool-down on each end. Anyway, get your heart rate way up. Um, I got mine up to 152 beats per minute that I saw, um, which is what you want. And then it, what it does is it keeps your body, your heart rate high for a while, and it keeps your body uh, burning uh, fat, hopefully burning energy uh, for the next couple hours. And so... What you don't want to do is eat within two hours after you work out on that kind of an an intense workout just so you can burn the maximum number of fat. And boy, do I need that. I was overweight before COVID happened, and now I've gone up to my highest weight ever, uh, which is not good. Um, I can now say that I have gone over 200 pounds um, for sure. And that's not, it's not usual. I've, I've always, until the last year or two, I've always stayed below 200. So it's not a threshold I really wanted to break, but I have, such as it is. And I'd like to get down to more like 180, even lower than that if possible. So we'll see what happens. 
if I can uh, keep up my workout. But uh, one thing that happened this 500 week. 500 meters. Oh, sorry. Turn left onto the ramp. Sorry, I'm uh, running my navy since I'm taking a different route. I wanted to figure out what the fastest route was going to be. And... Anyway, so I, uh, what was I talking about? Ran into a book uh, this week. Actually, my wife, it's been about a week now that she had, had uh, just happened upon an article that she was going to use uh, as a one-lesson text for one of her English students. And the article ended up really being very interesting. Um, and so we were talking about procrastinating, uh, and, and our family, uh, has, uh, members in it who are more or less procrastinators. Some are more than others. Uh, I'm probably on the high side. Uh, my wife's probably on the low side and our daughters are probably strewn out in the middle. Um, but the article ended up being a excerpt from a book, uh, which is entitled, I believe, Atomic Habits. And it's a self-help book. I think that's where it would belong uh, in the self-help repertoire. Uh, but the article was really interesting. And the book, we, we went ahead and bought the book as well, and I've read a couple chapters, and I find it really interesting too, and it speaks, speaks well to me. Um, and to me, it's, it's a book that addresses uh, the fundamentals uh, of, of people and why uh, they might be doing what they're doing, right? Not, not just not just uh, doing some kind of a blame game or or what have you but really getting into the 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 fundamental reasons why we have the habits that we have have and and how to address your habits as a way to uh, improve your life and actually address the the underlying uh, factors below your habits right your habits uh, are not born in a vacuum. They, they are born from, from your identity. And so what this book tries to get you to do is uh, face your identity to some extent, right? To take a look at who you are and who you believe yourself to be and who you want to be, right? The kind of person you want to be. And to then see how that can play uh, into uh, who you are as a person and how much, for example, you procrastinate or blah, 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 things of, things of this nature. So, uh, I've been looking at this book and it's been really, really great. Um, in fact, that's been kind of uh, one of two uh, projects. And I guess exercising would be one of three projects that I've kind of gotten back into this week, trying to trying to do the things that 
well, working on my identity and then and seeing how those identities, uh, um, seeing how I see myself has um, affected my habits and, and the ways that I do things. So, yeah. Um, hmm. Your self-identity uh, is a huge thing. And so, for example, if you identify as a person who is bad at math, right? I am, you say things like I am, right? I am bad at math or I am a procrastinator or, or I am not able to learn languages or whatever the case may be, there's, there's a, a nuanced but fundamental difference between saying I am bad at math, uh, I guess you'd say I'm a poor mathematician. I don't think that makes sense. Uh, well, this is not a good example. Let me think of a better example. Um, what's another thing? Uh, oh, for example, procrastinator. So I am a procrastinator or uh, I'm not using my time wisely, right? This is a fundamental difference. Uh, it seems very nuanced, but to identify yourself as something makes it very difficult to change your habits to rectify that uh, shortcoming, if you will. Uh, and that's the kind of stuff that this book addresses. And I'm really uh, too early into it, but there are a couple sayings that if I can remember, I'd like to share with you. Uh, one of them is, you don't rise to your goals but you fall to your systems. You don't rise to your goals, you fall to your systems. Systems is another word for habits um, in this book. And so in other words, just because you, just because you have big goals uh, does not uh, preclude that you're going to reach them. You may have big goals, but you are only going to get as far as your systems, the systems that you have put in place to achieve those goals. So no matter what your goal is, you're only going to reach as far as your systems take you. And to me, this was a, this was a big shocker, right? Of course it's true. And once you hear it, you're like, well, yeah. Uh, that sounds exactly right, but how come I've never thought of it that way? Uh, and, you know, that's kind of a shame. Uh, but it's it's really seems completely true to me, uh, irrefutable even, uh, that that would be the case. Sorry, I'm going to take a drink of my hydrogen water here. Give me a second. hydrate after that workout because I did sweat buckets for sure so um, yeah I thought that was a great quote uh, we don't rise to our goals but we fall to our habits uh, and, and systems right and he had another saying about how uh, you can become the architect 
you need to be become the architect. Oh, what do they say? The architect of your. I'll have to look this up later. I can't remember. That was one from the article. Now I haven't run into it in the book yet, uh, but it was also a pretty interesting uh, saying, uh, just about how you know you 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 can plan. Right. You, in fact, you have to make a plan if you want to change your habits. Uh, so basically become the architect of your future or the architect of your systems or something like this. I'll, I'll have to look that up again. Maybe I'll run into it in the book by next week. Um, so his focus in this book is not on making goals. He says, he says goals are near there, neither here nor there. Uh, and he quotes... Uh, one of the great football coaches uh, who had kind of the same philosophy, who said things like the score will take care of itself, right? Uh, score, the score will just take care of itself. It's gonna happen. Uh, but, uh, he said, um, keep left, okay. The score will take care of itself uh, but it's the details. And so his, his idea is taking care uh, to improve yourself just 1% at a time. Improve yourself just 1% at a time. Uh, and he quotes um, a, a plaque or a poster, perhaps, uh, that was in the uh, locker room of the San Antonio Spurs, who are a... Uh, very good basketball team, one of the top probably five franchises of all time. Uh, they, they had a quote, and I'm not going to get it right, but something about watching the stonecutter with his hammer and chisel hammer away at splitting a huge stone. And, and he hit the stone in the same way a hundred times and the stone never moved but the hundred and first time he hit the stone the same way he hit it the hundred times before and the mighty stone split in half okay I'm, I'm totally messing up the quote uh, but it's the it's the idea that counts uh, and that is there are uh, there are walls uh, of critical mass points that happen. So you may be doing these little, making these incremental changes positively in your habits, and you won't notice a difference until finally they have built up to the point where there's a huge increase. Uh, and so it's this idea that, that to make incremental increases is the best way to advance and to progress uh, in any number of areas, and yet it's also the most difficult to see the progress. In fact, there may be no progress for a certain amount of time. You just have to keep hitting that stone, right? And have faith in the system, okay? And uh, yeah, that, that's, that really spoke to me as well, the idea that uh, in this day and age, we want immediate success. We want to see fast results. In fact, everything, all of the, so many of the weight uh, 
loss uh, systems out there and fitness systems out there promise, you know, amazing results in in 13 and a half days or whatever, you know. I'm not saying that's not going to be the case. But the kind of the kind of change that you can achieve through incremental microscopic even uh, changes are the kinds of changes that you will grow into and adapt to and be less uh, prone to get out of those habits and so for example if I see myself as an overweight person uh, I'm probably gonna have a hard time doing the kinds of things that I need to lose weight. Okay, I, sorry, I just shifted gears. I, I remembered something else. But if I just try to follow the things that I think a healthy person would do and then try to slowly, over time, change my self-perception, my self-identity to that of a healthy person, uh, over time, I will start becoming the identity that I see myself as. I, I will start to live into and live up to the identity that I have of myself. Um, that's a little bit changed from what I was talking about before. But the problem with that, with, with most things, trying to get immediate or quick results, is that you may achieve those quick results, but you may not achieve the kind of identifying uh, identity transforming uh, image of yourself that you really need to change your lifestyle and to be able to live into and sustain that lifestyle. Uh, and so that's where I I want to be. I want to work on my self identity. Uh, and this is this is by the way a very Christian, very Christian idea. Uh, I think I think Jesus spoke to this, and I think Paul spoke to this all the time. In fact, uh, wow, that's a cool house. Uh, in fact, Paul, in so many of his writings, he he speaks glowingly of the people uh, who to whom he's writing in the forefront of the letter, right, and and reassures them of their identity in Christ as beloved children. Uh, forgiven, forgiven uh, children of God, and 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 strong in the spirit, and all of these things. And then, after he does that and and solidifies their identity, then he goes on to uh, he goes on to critique how that life is going. But it seems like Paul very specifically wants to remind them that your habits, right, the things that you do that don't live up to Christ, right, uh, when you miss the mark, those things do not have to mess with your identity. They do not change the identity of who you are in Christ. And that's because we have grace, right? That's why Paul you know, talks so glowingly in 1 Corinthians 
And then he goes on to talk about a, a man who has his father's wife who's sleeping with his, father, his father's wife. A horrible thing. But even something that bad, Paul says, did not change his identity in Christ. Christ's sacrifice is all-encompassing and is for everyone, right? That doesn't change your identity in Christ. Uh, and that's, wow, that's pretty amazing. That's How wonderful is that, right? That's great. Beautiful, right? Um, and so, yeah, I think this is a, this is a good thing that this book is pointing out, and that is your self-identity does not have to wait for your habits to get into place. You can work on your self-identity, and by improving the way you see yourself, your habits uh, will find a more welcoming home in which to live. Right? And you, you will find that um, keeping those, those habits uh, is more sustainable in such a welcoming environment, right? Man, I didn't see this parallel with Paul until just now. I just wanted to talk about this book that I was excited about. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I see that um, completely. And, and Paul, uh, sorry, Jesus, uh, the thing that comes to mind right now uh, is when I think... Uh, Zacchaeus, the story of Jesus and Zacchaeus. Uh, Zacchaeus was, of course, a tax collector, and uh, tax collectors were were ne neither accepted by Jew nor Roman, uh, and lived somehow in between them, profiting uh, off of the Jews uh, and helping the the Romans to profit. It was kind of a, a shady uh, position to be in, uh, and yet. He really wanted to see Jesus, right? He, he wanted to, he felt some kind of a hope that if he were just able to see Jesus, um, something might change in his life. And one of the things Jesus did after meeting Zacchaeus and going to his home uh, was to reassure Zacchaeus of his identity uh, in, the, in the family of God, in the, in the people of Israel. Right, I believe I, I really need to look at that again. There's a few places where uh, uh, Jesus uh, assures people of their identity, um, and uh, yeah, I guess it's an affirmation, right? He affirms uh, people in their identity. But this is a big thing for me. Uh, a person who has struggled with uh, being overweight and, and struggled with procrastination and, and, and struggled with uh, uh, things of the sexual nature. Um, and you may identify with those things as well. Um, but I believe this, this book uh, and hopefully the, 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 the way that it mirrors the gospel, uh, I'm actually uh, hopeful that it's going to have some effect on me. And, uh, and it's already had a little bit of effect on me this week. I, you know, I've, I've been more about 
getting things done and and uh, and um, and that kind of thing. And so, yeah, I I hope it does. I hope it does. I hope for my family's sake and for my own sake uh, and for the sake of my businesses, I think it might be good. Uh, and of course, for our church family. Uh, but whatever I I learn, I would like to share. Um, and that's where this podcast, one of the one of the ways that this podcast comes in. I'm going to take another sip of water here. This hydrogen infused water. How far am I away? Nine minutes away from my destination. Ah. Once I get there, I'm hoping I'm going to have just a few minutes to scarf down a little food. I am famished. Um, so, uh, I would encourage you to look at, look at the, the, the ways that you have identified yourself. Uh, what, what, um, do you identify with either things that you think of yourself, uh, names or labels that you've put on yourself or names or labels that other people have put on you? Uh, maybe, you know, since you were a child. What are some of those things that that you um, perhaps could could use um, relief that, that you could be released from? Right, labels can be quite oppressive, especially those labels that are un, unhelpful uh, and even hurtful. Uh, I think most of us long to be released from things like that. We all have uh, labels and names that that we've uh, been dealing with or had to deal with our entire lives. Um, Yeah. So, uh, let's talk talk a a little bit more uh, about identity. What are some of the things uh, that perhaps... Uh, Satan uh, has spoken to you, right? Are there are there names and labels that Satan has given us, uh, where Jesus has given us actually a different name? Uh, of course, the Satan or Hashatan, I think is what it's called. I could be wrong about that. Uh, basically is translated as the accuser, uh, accuser, the accuser, I can't even say accuser, uh, in Hebrew, right? The accuser. And Satan constantly is accusing us uh, and labeling us as this or that, Uh, whether it's sinner or uh, loser, uh, maybe it's dumb or unintelligent right uh, maybe it's inadequate uh, maybe it's ugly maybe it's fat maybe it's short right could be physical could be uh, could be more to do with with you mentally maybe one of the labels that Satan has given you is given you is unstable right uh, angry maybe. Uh, 
Um, maybe one of the labels you've been given is uh, something like uh, irresponsible, lazy. Satan's hope is to get us to believe that that God cares about these things, that that these things are are deal breakers for God, that that God wants nothing to do with us because God cannot exist where sin exists, that he refuses to be in the presence of sin. And the interesting thing is the accuser, the accuser, Satan, will use the Bible to make his point, right? Uh, and and <laughs> this is really sad. Uh, so often, so often, these accusation, accusations, I cannot speak right now. These accusations are coming from the mouths of pastors and so-called Christians. They are the mouthpiece of Satan. They want you to believe that because you have not lived up to the example of Jesus, that you therefore are not accepted. You are undesirable. You are unforgiven. You are, you are, I probably already said this, unacceptable. That's what, that's what Satan wants you to believe. And nothing could be farther from the truth. Nothing could be farther from the truth. What Jesus wants you to know is that he loves you completely and without condition. And that he, though never wanting to violate your sovereignty, will work tirelessly and eternally to bring you into his rest. And that you are accepted and that the only thing that will keep you out is yourself. And you need not adhere to any standard. You need not to have any qualifications. That you are his beloved and that nothing stands in the way of your relationship with him except the things that you believe do. It's our beliefs, right? The things that we hold to be true. These are some of the things that, that will, will hinder the relationship. But from Jesus' standpoint, from the standpoint of the, the eternal Christ, you are forgiven. You are accepted. You are loved. Um, and that is the gospel. But the Satan, he, he continues to try to accuse you and to convince you 
that you are not enough. But Jesus is here to tell you, you're just fine the way you are. Wow, I, I don't think I ever realized. I'm sure I could have gotten to that, but I never thought that the, the main mouthpiece of Satan are so many pastors in the pulpits. That is sad. That is sad. Well, I've reached my destination, and I'm going to scarf down this wonderful bento that my wife has given me. Uh, and uh, I will see you guys another day. And uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for listening today, and uh, thanks for listening to my podcast all the time. I, I appreciate the the support uh, more than you know, more than you know. This has been something that is good for me uh, to be able to do. So the destination is on the right. Here we are. Yeah, you guys uh, think about think about your identities and how uh, how one of the main jobs of Satan has to do with skewing your identity in Christ. And let me know what you think about that. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.